you know, I think motherhood is a very high and holy calling. And I think our world really disparages it. It kind of minimizes it to basic daycare duties. And I think moms and dads, we have a role in discipling our children. It really is just the most important work. Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge your family to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. So glad you've chosen to spend this time with us today. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Here on the Strategic Families Podcast, we explore the life-giving and challenging aspects of building a family that honors the Lord Jesus Christ and is on mission for Him. It's not easy, but we're in it together. So my guest today is Catherine Claire Larson, a good family friend of ours that my wife Katie knows from years ago during her time at Prison Fellowship Ministries. Catherine and her husband Mark are just awesome people, and they have a quiver full of boys ages 12 down to less than a year, six in total. So they are right in the thick of it with us as parents. Catherine just has so much wisdom, and I know you're going to be encouraged and challenged in this episode. One thing you're going to hear in this episode that is just gold is the idea of using Luke 2.52 as a parenting framework. And I won't steal Catherine's thunder, so keep listening to hear about that. It's an amazing parenting pro tip. Catherine is also an author, and in this interview, we talk about her newly released book called Waiting in Wonder, Growing in Faith While You're Expecting. This book is a beautiful way for a pregnant woman and even a couple to be drawn into worship during pregnancy and would make a great gift. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button to get notifications for future episodes. Also, it would be excellent if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If this podcast has been a blessing for your family, you can check out our show notes to find a link to our Patreon page to support production of the podcast. All right, on to the show. Well, I am very excited to introduce you guys, a special guest, my friend, author, Catherine Larson. Catherine, welcome to the show. Hi, Graham. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm so glad we could have this interview and really looking forward to our discussion. So could you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us who you are, what you do for a living, and of course, all about your family. Great. So I'm Catherine Claire Larson, and um, I guess I would just start out by saying I'm a follower of Jesus. He's my heart. He's my hope. He's my reason for being wife to Mark. We've been married for 14 years this July, and I'm mother to six boys. They are ages 12, 10, 8, 6, 5, and 11 months. And then I'm also an author and a writer. I graduated from Furman University. Um, I went on to RTS, Reformed Theological Seminary. I got a master's in biblical studies. And I uh, wrote for Chuck Colton. I worked for him as a ghostwriter for about seven years before um, staying home with my boys and starting to raise my own family. Um, I'm also a homeschool mom. Um, so that makes me a full-time teacher and educator and, you know, also a chauffeur and a <laughs> nurse and a referee and all of those <laughs> things as all moms are out there. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. That is awesome. All right. I just want to make sure I've got my stats right here. So you have six boys and you've written now like what, three or four books. I Can you help us understand the um, the logistics there? I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, it, it is 
it's crazy. And, and I am learning that having books is a little bit like having babies. I need to space them out a little bit, but yeah, I wrote my first book before uh, my babies were born. And uh, then my next book, when my second, second was an infant, and then I took a long break. And um, then I've been writing furiously the past couple of years here. So yeah, it, uh, it's busy. Well, I'll just say for me and Katie and our family, you guys are just one of those families that I wish, I so wish that we lived close to because I know we would be a lot closer in the community. And unfortunately, uh, many hours separate us, but we love getting together with you guys whenever we can. Uh, your family is just so awesome, such an encouragement, and um, we love you guys. And what a treat to have you on the show and to talk about these awesome books that you're writing. So before we get into the details of the books, which I definitely want to get into, I want to just talk about the logistics of raising kids and, you know, and what you're trying to accomplish with these books. Because I think a lot of times uh, we as parents, you know, we go into the parenting journey and we sort of neglect our own spiritual growth. We get so wrapped up. And you mentioned, you know, being a chauffeur and every parent with kids, I think, can identify with that. And things get so crazy. And, you know, sometimes we convince ourselves that we just don't have time, you know, we don't have time to read the word. And, and we know that's not true, but it feels like that. So anyway, I was wondering if you could just offer us some, some parenting pro tips for how we can maintain our own spiritual health as our children are growing in our homes. Yeah, I personally believe it's going to look differently in different seasons of life. I think you've got to be flexible. You have to know what your non-negotiables are. Um, for me, you know, the non-negotiables are time in the word, time um, in prayer, commitment to my church, and, you know, just accountability and fellowship, things like that. But then I think you have to be, um, you have to be creative about how you get those in. You know, I kind of think of it when uh, right after you've had a baby and you're nursing, that baby is eating around the clock and you're just constantly hungry. and um, I kind of see that as my relationship with the Lord, like I'm constantly hungry and I just need to be snacking on him anytime and every time I get the chance. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think if you sort of have that mentality about your, your walk with Jesus, like I am so hungry right now, I need to just grab a bite, grab a bite, grab a bite. Um, and so for me that, that creativity looks like, you know, kind of multitasking, honestly, like you know, I put a verse up in the um, kitchen window so that when I'm washing dishes, I can be meditating on the scripture or put a podcast in my ears um, when I'm folding the laundry or, you know, just using a time where I have to be and like with a baby, you know, uh, feeding a baby to, to pray for people or pushing a stroller to um, pray for the people in my neighborhood. So I think just um, kind of being creative with that, even you know, we have a daily habit with my children of being in the word and that feeds my soul too. So, um, I think you just have to feed on Jesus anyway, in every way that you can and continue to nourish your soul. That's excellent. What a cool concept. I love what you talked about there with non-negotiables and knowing what those are and not sacrificing those, but having to be creative in the moment, it may not look like what it used to look like before we had kids, but that doesn't mean it can't happen that just means we need to think a little creatively about it. I love that idea about snacking on the Lord. That's so cool. 
What a cool and, idea. And I think that can look differently at different times in your life. Like when I had little ones who were napping, you know, um, nap time was quiet time and just really kind of giving the ones who were a little bit too old for naps, giving them something quiet to do. And now that our house has moved beyond the stage of nap time for the most part, you know, we just have to, we have to work it in another way. So um, just being flexible with the season that you're in and not being too rigid about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we're honest with ourselves as parents, sometimes we allow many other less important things to suck up our time if yeah. we're not careful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what a cool, what a cool idea to have those non-negotiables and be creative. I love it. Okay. So since you have six boys, I think you are officially a boy expert, a boy mom <laughs> expert. You know, it was just so cool to get your Christmas card this year and just read all, about all those awesome things that they're doing. I mean, you guys are clearly very strategic, which is so cool. And I would just love to hear your approach and perspective on how to raise boys into young men with excellence, um, especially in this culture. I mean, we all, we see it. We, we see how men are in many ways kind of being sidelined or made fun of, or, you know, just the whole idea of masculinity is almost like falling out of favor. And anyway, can you talk about that? Like, how do you and Mark think about the kind of young men that you want your your boys to become yeah well um i don't think by any means we're experts um we're we're sometimes you know failing terribly and you know we're doing the best we can but um we're we're trying to at least fall into jesus as we do it and um but uh we do have a lot of boys which gives us a lot of experience with boys but honestly i don't know that um, at least where I start off with it, I don't know that it's any different depending on if I have boys or girls, because I usually begin by thinking about that one verse that we have about Jesus's childhood um, that says that he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with man. And yeah. that's really kind of a grid that I just run everything through, even my own spiritual life. And I think that as I think about that, it gives me categories to be kind of a filter for, are we growing in these different areas? Um, with wisdom, I think of that in terms of their intellect, but also just their practical, the, the moral element of that, their character. Right. Um, with stature, I think about how they're growing and developing physically. And then with favor with God, their heart, their emotions, um, favor with man, how they're, how they're growing socially. And, and so, you know, that would be my starting point, whether I was raising boys or girls and, um, but then specifically with boys, I think, you know, we're raising them to hopefully be servant leaders one day. And so, um, just really thinking through everything we do with, is this contributing towards that? And, you know, one verse that has also come to mind, uh, recently is, yeah, I think it's easy. Our culture has has these ideals and whether it's sports or just intellectual pursuits, you know, we we, we have this tendency to have some idols. And um, a great question that I found is just to ask myself, what if I gained the whole world and I lose my own soul? What if I gained, you know, the sports trophy, but I lost my own soul? And we can ask that for our kids, you know, with what we're doing with the activities that they're in. And I think that's just a good filter to put those things in, because I think even as Christians, a lot of those things can be idols if we're not careful, sports and academics, and we can just find that sort of slippery slope of really putting that before Jesus. 
And um, so as I'm, as we're thinking through what are our kids doing and what's our motivation for doing it, just continuing to weigh those things and um, keep those things in mind. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. I love that concept that you mentioned about having that verse about Jesus at this tender age and using that as a filter. What a cool idea. Wow. I'm going to put that in the show notes so that people can kind of use that that same uh, framework. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about these awesome books that you've come out with and, and are coming out with this whole series, starting with Waiting in Wonder. You know, we love babies and kids here on the podcast. And I would love to just hear the background on this. Why did you think to write the books? What is your purpose in writing the books? All of that. Yeah. So, um, so the first book is called Waiting in Wonder, Growing in Faith uh, While You're Expecting. And it's a devotional journal for expectant mothers. Really, the, I was looking for a book like it. And I went to the store and I couldn't find it. And really, that was why I wrote it. I, I wanted something like it. I wanted something that would kind of encourage me during pregnancy, but that also would be a place for me to record prayers, to record memories and moments and hopes and dreams, just something that I could pass on and give to my child one day, um, but that also would encourage me. So I thought it's not out there. Why don't I see if um, the publishers would be interested in having it? And so that was sort of the, the genesis of it. But more than that, I think for me, it just expecting a child is such a it's such a formative time in an adult's life. It's such an important time. And for moms, I think in particular, it's a time where we can be reflective and we can really prepare our own hearts. And something that just um, stood out to me and that I wanted to communicate to moms. And, you know, I wish I could say every day to every mom that I know is that, you know, I think motherhood is a very high and holy calling. And I think our world really disparages it. It kind of minimizes it to basic daycare duties. And I think moms um, and dads, but, you know, I speak especially to moms um, in my books that we have a role in, in discipling our children. And that is such important work. It really is just um, the most important work. Mm. And so I just wanted to lean into that and um, kind of take that really special time, a time where women um, tend to be very reflective, where women, especially if it's your first baby, you have a little bit more time to slow down and just consider with joy what's coming ahead. And so I wanted to capture that and um, just encourage women to take seriously that that role and uh, that calling of motherhood. Yes. Wow. Amazing concept. Yes, I totally agree. High and holy calling. That's such a great way to describe it. And that's one of the things I love about your book is that it encourages us to understand the weight of what's happening and not just the weight, but the beauty and the majesty of what's happening. And I know that your book draws specifically women into understanding this beauty of what's happening in their bodies as they as they read. What a what a cool concept. You know, one of the things that strikes me that could happen. Now, I've never been pregnant, um, never can be, but uh, it strikes me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it strikes me that what could happen is as you go through pregnancy, maybe a woman could get kind of antsy and want to just 
get it over with, you know, and have the yeah. baby. And I think what one of the things that's so cool about your book is that it encourages you to stop and ponder and consider and reflect and and really relish not just what God is doing with this baby, which is majestic and beautiful, but also what he wants to do in your heart and in your soul. I mean, can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a great point. God knew that we would need time to prepare our hearts mm. for um, this very special work. And it is just such a, a special time. And I think to to lean into that and think about, you know, I think we get caught up uh, just in this world of preparing the nursery and picking out colors and crazy things like that, instead of preparing our hearts, you know, reading a book on parenting, talking with your spouse, getting on the same page about big things. And I know it may seem far away, but, but really um, it's not that far away. And before you know it, um, you're in those years where you're making choices together in terms Mm. of discipline and in terms of priorities and you know, one of the things I spend a long time on in the book is, is really strengthening your marriage. I think pregnancy is a fantastic time to really just work on your relationship with your spouse before yes. baby comes yes. and work on that, making that a healthy place um, so that it's a happy place when your yes. baby comes. So I think that's really important. And, and first child, second child, third child, it becomes more important that that marriage is strong and, and really secure for that baby and, and for that wife. Yes. So totally agreed. Strong families come from strong marriages. Firmly, yeah. firmly believe that. So yes, that's awesome. One of the really cool opportunities I had this week, our, our neighbors across the street just had a baby a little over a week ago and we went over yesterday and it's been a while since I've held a newborn and uh, oh my goodness. I held the baby for probably, I don't know, 10 minutes. And I I was just, honestly, I was overwhelmed. I mean, I'm listening, I'm feeling the the breathing and he was sleeping and uh, I didn't have, I was like speechless at the end of it. I actually told the mom, our friend, I just said, I I don't have a word. Like, you know, I was just kind of overwhelmed. And I, and I just, I love that your book draws women's hearts to that reality and just because, you know, we read in God's word that he's knitting together, you know, he's literally knitting together inside a mother's womb, this beautiful creation of a baby. And one of the really cool things about your book is that you bring all this science in there. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like, why do you think it's so important for uh, women who are pregnant, going through pregnancy to understand what God is doing and how does that tie it to spiritual growth? Yeah. I mean, I just, I I guess I just geek out on it. I think it's so fascinating, you know, and um, it's just, it's one of those things where you, um, you look at the design, you look at it and you just say, how, how could you look at this and see the intricacy and think that it it could be anything other than God. Um, It's so miraculous. It's so amazing. And, and I just think it leads you back to worship. So that's really why I wanted to put a lot of the the science of it is is because I'm just drawn to it. It, it makes me come back to God uh, with wonder and awe, and I think that wonder and awe are really a place where worship begins. Um, yes. And so, you know, I just loved learning different things about babies and pregnancy and motherhood. Um, I remember learning that our fingerprints are utterly unique, partly because of um, the way that a baby's hands are moving through that amniotic fluid in the womb. 
and that that fluid is actually creating the different patterns and waves of um, the fingerprints. And another really fascinating uh, detail is just, you know, to think about all of the incredible pieces of timing that have to happen in order for that baby to come to life. Mm. And, And even to think about the you know, all of the circumstances that happened at just the right moment for you to be you, you know, and, mm. and for you not to be someone else. That just boggles my mind. But there's two more books. Uh, one is coming out next March, and it's going to be called Watching and Wonder. And that's for moms of babies in the first year. And then the third book is um, going to be Walking in Wonder for moms of toddlers. And um, so I've just been able to kind of continue this um, journey of looking at these different wondrous parts of a a baby's development. And it is so fascinating. Um, You know, babies come out of the womb and they can recognize their mother's smell. They, mm. they know what they smell like from mm. having been inside the womb. Um, they know their mother's voice. They have done studies that um, even find that if you've read to your child in the womb, that they show a familiarity with that story or song or whatever it is that they can actually measure a child's um, turning of a habituation to a certain thing that they've heard in utero Mm. Uh, with um, young babies, their, their cries mimic the vocal patterns of the mother so that a baby whose mother is from Indonesia, her cry is going to sound different than my baby. Mm. And all of those things are so marvelous. They're, they're so interesting. And they just, they speak of something that is not is not haphazard that has a design that has right. a creator That's right. and um it, it leads me back in wonder and awe and just thankfulness that, that i get to be the person to um, witness that miracle yeah just i love it yeah i think the word wonder is such a it's such a beautiful word and it's so appropriate in this context and you know it's easy to you know, go on a great hike and you get this view and you're like wow this is this is beautiful but when you start to understand all the stuff that you talk about in the book and the science behind how God creates life, I mean, it just blow you away. I mean, you can't wrap your mind around it. And so then that brings us to like the most beautiful creations of the Lord are people, you know? <laughs> so that's what we should be marveling at. Yeah. And, and, and you've been entrusted with a human soul, you know, and um, right. it, just that, that work of, of being entrusted with, with the apex of God's creation right. and being the person who is there to um, see not only their growth and development, but to care for their hearts. And, right. you know, I, I firmly believe that there isn't a formula that's going to make your kids a Christian one day. That is, that's up to the Lord. But he calls us to be faithful and he calls us to to a way of faithfulness with our children. And while there's no guarantee that that's going to result in them coming to know Jesus, it is my responsibility, but it's also my joy, you know, that I get to make men. There's a a quote I just love about um, from Michelangelo, where he talks about, I get to make men instead of statues. And that that is the beautiful thing that that God has entrusted to me to make something of, of wonder and beauty that's far more breathtaking yeah. than the masterpiece of a, a Michelangelo or any other artist out there. Yeah, absolutely. This conversation 
makes me want to go through this with my kids. I mean, it seems like this could be a good teaching tool. Am I right in thinking that? Like you could read this kind of stuff to your kids and be like, look what happens. Look what happened with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that, you know, it's neat to be able to take your kids and show them, look how mom prayed for you, you know, Mm. look at, um, I, I think that's, that's really a beautiful thing to have those little prayers that you've jotted down those little reflections. And I, I can't wait to um, pass that on to my sons when they're older and say, you know, I've been praying for you your whole life. And uh, I think that's, that's powerful, but yeah, yes. speaking to the human development aspects. Um, yeah. I love, I love to um, just share those, those things with my boys and, and talk about God's marvelous creation. So, yeah. Well, and I know part of the vision for your books is that they would also be gifts that they make a great gift for, you know, a a woman who's expecting, but you know, that, that ties in really well with something that we love to encourage families to do, which is being involved in rich Christian community. You know, this whole idea of mentoring. I just wonder if you could talk to how we as parents who have been at this for a little while, you know, if we've got people listening who, you know, maybe they're not expecting anytime soon, or they're not going to expect, uh, but they're right in the thick of it. Like we are yeah. you know, kids running yeah. around. It's crazy. You know, we still, we have an opportunity to be a mentor to younger families. Can you speak Absolutely. to that aspect of it and why that's important? Yeah. Um, you know, you're always a little bit ahead and um, a little bit behind someone, you know, so you have an opportunity both to uh, be mentored and to mentor someone. And um, so I think that, that we're always um, called to that kind of responsibility. I think that, you know, with Waiting and Wonder and these other books, they are super books to give to somebody, you know, who's in that stage because they can kind of walk alongside them and be that mentoring voice for somebody who's in a very particular stage of motherhood and in a very strategic stage. Um, but just in our lives personally, you know, I think we've, we've had to find different ways that we can do that. I love, um, one of my callings has been um, giving to our homeschool community. I lead a, um, it's called a mom's night out and uh, it's a group of, wow, it's grown a lot um, in the past couple of years. It started out small and um, we have, I think over 600 people on our Facebook group. And we usually have maybe about 40 or 50 at our events. But for me, it's a chance to mentor um, younger moms um, and encourage them and that's just a calling that I really strongly believe in is that, you know, to whom much is given much is expected. And I think all of us can find those ways, whether small or big, um, informal or formal to be giving back and to be um, speaking into somebody's life. Totally. Totally. So important to be both receiving wisdom from those who are a little ahead of us and hopefully by God's grace, imparting some wisdom from yeah. what the Lord has, has shown us. So, so important. I would love it, Catherine, if you could just tell us some stories of ways that you've heard from readers of your books on just the way the Lord is, has worked in, uh, in the hearts and lives of, of women. Yeah. You know, I, I get some, some really sweet notes from time to time um, from moms that um, the book has encouraged. Uh, I received a note from a lady who is overseas, um, a mission a missionary. And, um, you know, she said how much the book had meant to her, especially in a time and a place where she was doing so much giving to be able to have a book that really ministered to her soul. 
and that she has since then gotten the book and that she keeps it on hand to give out to any expecting mom that she knows and um, just to, to bless them with that. I had another reader who actually lost her baby and she wrote me and said that the book was so special to her and is so special to her because it has been just a precious keepsake of those days that they did have together with that baby. It's mm. a it's a chronicle of that baby's life and wow. believing that every life is precious, no matter how long it lasts, that yes. that book has been just a treasure for her. And then I've had some, uh, I have a lot of friends who are um, kind of getting to that point where they are um, becoming grandmothers for the first time. And I get a note every now and then about how a mom is putting that book away and expecting any time to hear her daughter or son and daughter-in-law announce that they're about to have a baby or that, you know, that they are putting that book away um, just to connect with their, their child. One of uh, a lady I know um, bought two copies of the book and she read along with her daughter and they read it side by side as she was going through a pregnancy. So it was really uh. just a, you know, the mom was in one part of the country, the daughter was in another part of the country, but she could read it. She could know what her daughter was going through pregnancy wise and also um, just be encouraged spiritually with the same truth. I thought that was really neat. Wow. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, I'd love to hear how the Lord is working. What a cool thing to think about. You know, just no matter how long the Lord gives these precious children to us, they are alive from the moment of conception. What a gift it is to have every, every day with them. So at this point, I would love to hear passages of scripture that have really encouraged you and Mark and have sort of guided and been influential in your parenting. Yeah. So I already mentioned the passage in Luke uh, and says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in favor and in, um, he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. Um, that one is definitely special, but also I think um, Psalm 1-3 and, you know, the, the first Psalm is, is really, it's kind of like an overture to the whole book of Psalms. Uh, you hear a lot of the same themes that you're going to be hearing again and again throughout the book. And um, it sets the tone for, for this piece of wisdom literature. And Psalm 1-3 is just a beautiful picture. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that brings forth its fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. And to me, that verse is just a, a, a picture of kind of my goal as a parent. Um, of what it is that I hope that we are producing. And that is a flourishing tree, a tree that is well planted, that's planted beside the life source that is going to grow up strong, is going to have limbs that go out far. And, um, you know, it's kind of an unusual tree because it doesn't wither. So it's, it's sort of like an evergreen in that. And it's also fruit bearing. So uh, it, it's a tree that, that is giving back and that is not, not fading. And I think that's just a picture of the kind of shalom that God wants for us, the flourishing uh, that he wants for us. And so I love that verse um, for me personally, mm. just as a person that that's God's vision for me. 
And then um, for me as a mom, that that's his vision for my children and what I'm really hoping to um, do as I raise them. Yeah. I love someone. Yeah. The person that you're talking about there is a person who meditates on the word of God and, you know, who knows the word of God and his delight is in the word of God. And what a, like you said, what a high and holy calling to teach our kids the word, to help them meditate and really delight in the word so that they can be that tree planted by the source of life. That's, that's uh, yeah, that's a beautiful picture, beautiful verse. So there are going to be people listening to this who say, wow, where can I get these books? And they want to learn more. They want to follow you and just um, learn more about your parenting and your ministry. How can they follow you and where can they get your books? Yeah. Um, so my books are um, available wherever books are sold. You can get them on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Books A Million, Christian Book Distributors. Um, you just go uh, type in Catherine Claire Larson, Waiting in Wonder, Growing in Faith While You're Expecting, and they'll pop up. Um, or you can find me on my website. Um, it's also Catherine Claire Larson. I like to keep it simple. And my Instagram and Facebook is all the same. So just uh, look for me and you'll find me there. And I'd love for you to um, purchase the book. I'd love for you to leave a review and say that you like it or keep it on hand. Um, recently, we had a, a VBS here with my boys were in and the church bought a bunch of the books to um to give to a crisis pregnancy center. They made up baskets mm. um, to give to moms who are in crisis. And I just love mm. that, um, that vision. It's a great book to uh, share with a mom who is in a crisis pregnancy situation. So all those ways um, you can connect with me. Um, you can connect with the book. Um, I also have another book that uh, you can find out about. Um, it's a few years older now, but it's called As We Forgive, Stories of Reconciliation from Rwanda. So that's that's a story for another day, but um, that's also by me, and you can you can find that uh, there. Cool. Yeah, I was I was looking up Waiting in Wonder on Amazon and over 600 reviews, and the average of the stars is like fully five stars. I there have to be very few books with over 600 reviews that have all five stars <laughs> highlighted. So well, super thank cool. You. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's encouraging to see and, uh, just to see how it's connected with people. So I'm humbled and blessed that the Lord has used, um, something that was just, uh, kind of taking a step of faith and doing just the next right thing. So that's awesome. Well, congratulations on just how well the book is doing. And, uh, so awesome what the Lord is doing through you and Mark and your family and your ministry. And uh, this has really been a treat. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And, and I'm excited about this podcast. I know it's blessing people out there and just what a great idea and what a, a important idea to be talking about how we can be strategic um, with our families and our parenting. And um, yeah, it is such important work, such holy work. So thank you. Thank you. Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I absolutely love that framework from Luke 2 to make sure our kids are growing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. What a cool idea. I love how beautiful ideas like this come up with guests that I had no idea was coming. As we've said before, Katie and I are lead learners. We are learning right along with you guys as we walk out this challenging but beautiful call of parenting. 
So again, that book is Waiting in Wonder, Growing in Faith While You're Expecting. If you're not in that stage, maybe you know another couple who is, and what a perfect gift that would be. Okay, my song recommendation for this week is a 2022 release from Chris Tomlin called Holy Forever. Check that out wherever you get music. Beautiful, beautiful worship song, and I encourage you to play it loudly with your kids. Okay, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.